passion, drive, and patience. The formula of winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything for you to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has it covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP it needs to be and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Again, ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello. Uh, Welcome to my podcast, uh, Mass Media Mills. My name is Brooke, or that's what you can call me. I'm never going to reveal who I am. Uh, I will tell you that I am a major market media personality and have been for years. And the reason why I want to tell my story and do this podcast is uh, basically, I really can't talk to my friends about this. Um, And some of the stuff I did is a little embarrassing, but I want to get my story out. It's like therapy for me. Also, I know that a lot of this stuff is still going on. Again, I'm Brooke. I'm in my 40s, divorced with children. And when I was just getting in the business, into TV, you have to understand the Me Too movement didn't exist. This was 20 years prior. So I'm going to give you an insight in the trials and tribulations um, going through what I went through in the television business, in the television world. I mean, my story is, Harvey Weinstein with a Matt Lauer twist. And that culture still exists. So I'm here to give you my story. Please understand, I am the furthest thing from being perfect. Please also know that I've also been considered as attractive, because obviously I'm in the TV world. I have to be attractive. But the smile you see on my face is not really who I am. I'm actually very insecure, and I'm kind of fucked up on the inside. I don't go out on the weekends. I stay home uh, most nights, and especially Friday nights with a bottle of wine, and I wake up with a hangover. This is where I am now, but let's start from the beginning. I grew up in the Midwest. I was homecoming queen at my high school. I've always been popular, especially with the men. Uh, I had a steady boyfriend in high school. He was gorgeous and kind and smart. He was also young and eager to have sex, and I'll admit, I wanted it too. We loved each other and we were totally hot for each other. I remember the night I lost my virginity. We were going to a friend's house for a party. He picked me up. I was dressed casual, jeans and a t-shirt. He had a green Chevy Nova that he loved. Oh my God, he loved that car. He drove me to a spot in the woods to make out before the party. And we had never done it before. And I was very nervous, but I knew this was going to be the night we were going to do it. I knew it. We were making out heavy. When I decided it was time to go all the way, I took my jeans off, helped him take his jeans off, and we did it right there in the front seat of the Chevy Nova. I lost my virginity in a Chevy Nova at the age of 16. As I got older and got into television, I wish sex was as innocent as sex in that Chevy Nova. It became dirty and a way to get ahead. In fact, sex became the currency that men wanted from a fresh-faced, young, naive college grad just starting out in the business. And we'll get into that down the road. And trust me, 
That's what this podcast is mainly about. But first, let's get into my college years. My college years were a lot different from the Midwest schools I went to. I chose a college out west, California. I always wanted to live in California. Upon starting college my freshman year, I am no longer the cutest girl in school. I'm no longer the homecoming queen. And there are a million gorgeous girls here. So I can't use my cuteness to get ahead like I did in high school. Let me give you a quick example. While I'm in college, I have a philosophy class. Now, I'm fucking around at night because I was in a sorority and I was hanging out heavy with my friends. But I wasn't applying myself in my philosophy class. And I got a warning from the professor that I'm going to fail this class. So I had to meet with him privately to discuss my options. So I set an appointment. I got my skin-tight jeans on and my halter top on. I'm looking really good. And I have a plan to flirt or do something to try and get this professor to get my grade up. So as I'm walking, I remember this like it was yesterday. I'm walking down the hall thinking about my options. I'm actually thinking, what do I have to do to pass this class? Because my parents would kill me. I mean, I would be doomed if I passed this class. So what's going through my head as I'm walking to this professor's office, extreme options. Do I have to fuck this guy? Do I have to blow him to get a better grade? I mean, I don't know. So we meet in his office. Now, this is the 90s. So having a closed-door meeting with your professor is totally normal. So I'm in his office. I'm in a chair sitting right next to him, and he breaks out my grades. I'm literally trying to be as cute as I possibly can be. It's so flirty. I mean, literally leaning over so he can basic my nipples are hanging out basically and i'm getting nowhere with this guy he totally shot me down and i mean i I just had nowhere to go and after he said brooke you better try harder or you will fail this class have a good day and as i was walking back to my dorm room a couple of things crossed my mind my lifestyle has to change i mean even if i work so hard Right now, I could just barely get a C. My professor could care less. I mean, I was in his office making it very clear what I was willing to do, and he was not interested at all. This was one of the first times my cuteness and my sexuality did not mean shit. This was an absolute reality check. So I start studying a bit, but still freaked out on how I'm going to do in this class. Fast forward two weeks, I'm at this bar where A lot of the faculty and students from my university hang out. I'm there drinking with some of my sorority sisters, feeling great. Several drinks in. We're all having a blast. And who do I see drinking at the bar? Mr. Philosophy Professor himself. So my sorority sisters have no idea that I met with my philosophy professor. In fact, nobody did. I never told anyone about it. But I see him headed towards the back of the bar to the restroom. So I'm drunk. I'm feeling no pain, liquid courage. So I make a beeline to the ladies' room, which is right next to the men's room. Little did I know he wasn't going to the restroom. He was leaving the bar through the back door. And I saw that, and I had to do something. I just had to try something. So as he walks out the door, I'm right behind him. I'm actually following him to his car. And as he goes to close his car door, I block the door from closing. I'm literally right in there. And I just go for it. I went for it. I said, fuck it. I'm drunk. I'm going for it. I leaned in to kiss him. He kissed me back and we started making out. And we did things similar to like what happened in the Chevy Nova, except now I'm in a 90s Lexus. And it turns out I ended up getting a B in philosophy. 
I go back in to drink with my sorority sisters after all that, and I'm thinking to myself, Brooke, you still got it, bitch. You still got it. Please know, as I'm in college, I'm having fun. I've had my share of athletes and pretty boy fraternity guys. Uh, but then I start my junior year at the campus station. So after I got through all the bullshit classes, philosophy and stuff, I am now totally in my field, my curriculum, and I love working at the campus station. I became really good friends with this girl. She was like the highest ranking person on the station. She got most of the airtime, but I kept thinking she wasn't very good. She wasn't great. She was cute. She was cute and a hard worker, but she didn't seem really great on air. So it's a Saturday, and I'm trying to learn how to use this edit machine. I love working at the station, and I want to work, work really hard at it. So nobody goes in on a Saturday. Well, I walk in the door, and sounds and somebody like sounded like somebody was being murdered. So I'm walking down the hall. I'm actually kind of scared, but I can't look away. I open the door, and I see my friend, this sweet, innocent, naive girl, literally getting fucked by the lead professor of the station. I mean, I could hear them halfway down the hall. It was the craziest thing. So I, I walked out. They didn't see me. And as I quietly left, I learned early that, oh, my God, it's just like what I had to do to get a B in philosophy. It's the same thing. I am now in the same industry of men having power over women. So as I slowly, quietly back out, they didn't see me. I am having flashbacks of what I did to get a B in philosophy. Please know how much I struggled in what I had to do to get a B in philosophy. I really was screwed up about that. And now it seems like the mass media department works pretty much the same way. To this day, I'll never forget seeing one of my close friends getting plowed over a desk by a mid-50-year-old creepy lead professor. I never said anything to her, but I never looked at her the same way again. And I quickly figured out why she got all, all the airtime on the station. So fast forward a year, and sure enough, Miss Bend Over the Desk graduates, and I'm literally the next person in line to take over her airtime. So it's the beginning of my senior year. I'm in my mass communications class. And the 55-year-old creepy professor decides who gets on air and who doesn't. So he posts a schedule, and sure enough, I get the 10 p.m. slot twice a week, the worst, the shittiest spot you could possibly imagine it. And these younger underclassmen are getting far more primetime slots better than me, and I know I am better than them. So I arrange a meeting with, yes, 55-year-old creepy professor guy. This meeting, to me, is completely opposite of my mindset of meeting my philosophy professor. I mean, in this meeting, I was completely pissed off. And I wanted this guy, 55-year-old creepy professor, to explain to me why I was getting such shitty on-air slots. Unlike my philosophy meeting, I didn't wear my tight jeans and show my tits crop top. I, instead, I wore baggy sweatpants and sweatshirts. And I had my hair pulled up, and I just wanted this guy, this creepy freaking guy, to tell me why I wasn't getting the best time slots. I already knew the real reason why I wasn't getting these time slots. I'd seen firsthand. He didn't know I knew, and, but I saw exactly what it took to get those time slots. And there was no way I was fucking this guy. There was no freaking way. Sure enough, I'm in creepy freaking professor's office, and... 
he made it clear, especially when he grabbed my hand and put it on his dick. There couldn't be any clearer than that. What I needed to do to get a better on-air time slot. And there was no way I was fucking this creepy guy. I wasn't touching him. I didn't want anything to do with him. He's older than my dad and fucking creepy as shit. I bolted out of his office. I mean, here I am now walking down the hall from another professor's office, traumatized. I'm not even knowing what to do. I got back to my sorority house and I had this one friend and thank God she was there. This one girl that I loved. Actually, I'm still friends with her to this day. I told her everything. I told her what happened. I told her I wanted to go to the dean and, and, and tell on this guy, get him in trouble. But she said to me, Brooke, don't do it. Don't do it. You're going to be known as that girl. First of all, only 50% of people will probably believe you on this, but you're going to have a reputation. You're a year away from getting into the career that you want, and you're going to have a reputation of sexual harassment. Do you really want that? Do you want that on your record? So she talked me out of it, and I never did it, never, never said anything, and I wonder still to this day how many girls were affected, how many girls were attacked, how many people that did that disgusting, creepy professor attack to get women on the air. I'm in the media world, but little did I know that it starts at the college level. It started at college for me and for many girls. Not only did I not complain, but my last year of college, I got stuck with the shittiest of shifts for my entire senior year. So I've introduced myself. I'm Brooke, and I've given you an idea what this podcast is about. I got you through my college years. The next episode will be when I actually got my first TV job. It's going to be in a small market in the Midwest. We are going to get into it in episode two. I have quickly found out that there are many male managers in the television business, from Des Moines, Iowa, to Los Angeles, that prey on attractive career-oriented young women. Thank you for listening. This is Brooke, the Mass Media Mill. I'll see you for episode two in a couple of weeks.